Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode, we're talking about remote work and not just remote work, but are you innovating your business or are you just doing things how you always have done them? Stay tuned. We talk about all this and more. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. This is the place where we like to talk business. We like to talk practical, tangible, the things that actually matter when it comes to growing and scaling your business. And today's episode is no different. I was sitting down with a friend of mine over lunch a couple of days ago, and he asked this question. It's a common question that many of us are talking about right now, which was, do we think that our world is going to return to the traditional in office work model or is remote work here to stay and unpacking this a little bit this is a like i mentioned this is a question that's been um, a source of a multitude of conversations just over the last several weeks i want to take you back to a conversation i had with a few different businesses pre-covid and it was a presentation i gave uh, a number of times on basically innovating the workplace And the whole premise of it was being a business that is proactive, that is willing to break the business model or change the business model or do things differently than maybe how it's always been done before. And it always kind of feels like there's businesses out there that sort of do this on their own um, volition, like they're sort of naturally curious they're naturally testing the market. They're seeing you know, what new ways there are to deliver their products and services. And then you have other things outside the company that really force businesses to adapt and change in order to survive. You know, We're coming out of this horrible pandemic that has really done exactly that. I put out some content about a year and a half ago. It's actually one of the most listened to podcast episodes I've ever done. And it was called Innovate or Die. And it was a response to some content that Simon Sinek had put out at the height of COVID that basically said, hey, yeah, things are really hard right now, but this kind of event, as tragic as it is, is not unlike a multitude of other factors that have happened through the history of time that we are ultimately not in control of. So what do we do when we come across those big moments? Well, some businesses, unfortunately, don't make it. They're not agile enough. They're not open-minded enough. They're not willing to try new things. And there's other businesses that they do make it because they see these big moments as opportunities to change how work is being done. So I'm presenting to a couple of different businesses pre-COVID And one of the common threads that came up was remote work. 
and I was sharing on how remote work is potentially something that could be the norm in the future. I had no idea about COVID. Uh, I promise that I, I um, you know, I don't work for the Illuminati or anything like that, but I was essentially saying, you know, how is your business uh, able to adapt to remote work? Is this something you'd be open to, especially as the world is becoming more connected, as people are becoming more transient, you know, able to, in many cases, all you need is a laptop and a cell phone uh, to work almost anywhere in the world. And so we have a work culture that's becoming more transient. And essentially what I was proposing was, does it make sense to have the tens of thousands of square footage of office space that cost tens of millions of dollars to build? Does it make sense to have that anymore? Does that kind of overhead make sense anymore? One of the things that got me thinking about this was there was a CEO of a famous national brand that essentially when she stepped into the CEO role, one of her first big decisions was to eliminate all work from home roles. And essentially what she did was she said, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to have any remote work any longer. Uh, you, your job will be to report now in the office Monday through Friday. And if we can't make that work, then unfortunately you don't have a future here in this business. And th these aren't her words. I'm, I'm basically summarizing from my perspective, what happened with this company. And this was, this was in, um, early 2010s era or maybe mid 2010s. I can't quite remember, but it struck me as odd. Because I remember thinking, okay, this seems a bit counterintuitive to being, uh, it, it seemed a bit tech averse and it just seems strange. It seems, it seemed like the world was shifting towards more being an enabling of remote work rather than you have to physically be in a building. Well, as the story goes, this CEO only lasted on the job for a few years. Her methods ultimately did not work for growing the business. And once this person departed, uh, or as this person was on their way out, they began to incorporate uh, remote work again within the business. And so I'm talking about this in my presentation. I'm, I'm talking to some of our local companies just saying like, could your business function as a remote company? And if not, why not? And if the answer is why not, uh, or you have you've you've thought through that question of why not, what would need to change to make you more able to do work like that? Now there are some exceptions to this. You know, if you are a um, a firefighter, you probably aren't working from home. You know, you're probably working from a fire station. So there are some exclusions to this. But ultimately, what I was getting at was trying to encourage businesses that I was working with, clients that I had, to be open to doing business a different way. This isn't a new concept, by the way. This is something that has been around for a long time. We have plenty of examples of businesses that have been willing to completely turn their business model on its head in order to not just survive, but thrive. 
One example of this is Walgreens. Walgreens started as a sort of pseudo dual um, soda fountain and pharmacy, but really that soda fountain element was really powerful. It was a, a it was so in sync with or synonymous with its brand. And at some point, Walgreens had to make the decision to, we're going to be a fully fledged pharmacy and you would never walk into a, into a Walgreens today. I mean, maybe I'd walk in more if they had this, I'm not sure, but soda fountains don't exist anymore. You wouldn't walk in and find that in a Walgreens today because they made an intentional decision. We're going to shift our business model, our, our brand identity completely. And they're not the only example of this, by the way. There's plenty of other examples where um, one of the most famous ones that I'm familiar with is in Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, where he talks about the paper company, Kimberly Clark, or paper goods company. And Kimberly Clark had for years, for a hundred years, had these large paper mills that basically produced paper that was used for magazines. And then they had this other side of their business that was more focused on consumer goods, namely Kleenex. And even though they had been known for a hundred years for their, their paper production products via um, their paper mills, they made a bold, brave decision one day to sell the mills, say goodbye to that large segment of their business and go all in on uh, Kleenex and customer goods or consumer goods, excuse me. And that's no different for me in my business in the sense of, you know, I've, I've made intentional decisions for how much do I leverage digital? You know, how much do I leverage in person meetings, things like that. Um, I say it's no different. I'm, I'm nothing like Kimberly Clark in any way, but I've had to make similar decisions where I'm thinking of, okay, how much do I want to lean into this element of my business? So I give this presentation, I'm talking about remote work, COVID happens, and I suddenly start getting phone calls from people who were like, hey, you're that remote work guy. You've been putting content out on remote work. Can you come back and share about this? And what I've noticed in the 18 months that have now followed is the companies that seem to be doing really well, aside from like having niched out really well, um, who have strong connections to their customers, the companies that seem most in tune with what the market is demanding of them. Again, we're living in a, an era, an era of the great resignation talent that is extremely transient. We're finding companies that are open minded to doing business a different way. They're typically doing fairly well. Because for them, innovation is, is less about the newest tech and it's more about agility. It's I'm being agile enough to listen to what the market is telling me. So we have a work culture right now that is increasingly looking for hybrid models. They are tired of spending two plus hours of their day on commuting and in this conversation I was having with a friend of mine who was asking, you know, do you think this is here to stay? I think that the businesses that actually really want to see explosive growth over the next few years, I think for them, it is going to stay. On the flip side, I think there's businesses that are so resistant to change 
that they are going to cling and kick and scream and do their best to hold on to the way we've always done things to their detriment. I, I talked to somebody who was a, a, a um, uh, head uh, HR person at this large brand. And I asked them a similar, a similar question. I said, you know, are you guys, are you going back to everyone in the office? Are you doing work from home? Like, what's that going to look like? And he said, oh, we're definitely getting everyone back in the office. And I said, okay, well, tell me why. And he said, well, we just spent, you know, $300 million on a new building or some inexorbitant amount on a new building. And so it was like, you know, of course we're going to get everyone back here. We're not, we're not wasting that money. So there is this little bit of a sunk cost fallacy and, um, you know, not necessarily processing it in a way that is, um, it's reactive rather than proactive in the future. But if you're someone who's listening and you're thinking about, you know, what do I do for my business? How do I respond in my business? Here's what I would encourage you to do is to rethink what it is about your product or service in terms of the format that it's given to your customer to rethink the means of producing said product or service. I worked with the business early on in COVID and we were talking through the service they offer and it's an in-person service. And in their mind, that in-person touch was what was powerful in terms of making them stand out amongst their competitors. And their problem was simple. It was, it's, it's middle of COVID, you know, everything's locked down. We're not able to go in person and deliver this service. And so my question was, so how are you looking to develop this into digital? I said, well, we can't do digital. It's, it doesn't have the same touch. It doesn't have the same feel. It doesn't have the same, um, flavor of us that sort of puts our mark, our brand on what they experience. And so we can't go digital to which my answer was essentially, okay, well, you're going to have to find some way because you can't just, you know, if the only answer is in person and you can't meet in person, then you're going to die. Your business is going to die because there's literally no way to bring in revenue. And that's why this episode I put out several months ago called Innovate or Die has gotten so much traction is because understanding that, you know, in some cases you don't have a lot of options and to your favor, to your credit, some of these things as challenging as they are, they're blessings in disguise because they force you to rethink how you do your business. They force you to rethink how you do your work. And more importantly, they help you open your mind to the fact that business can be done a way that maybe you're not used to. I've talked to businesses that um, are completely traditional. Everyone's in the office. And on this conversation of remote, remote work, I've gotten pushback on things like, well, how would team members communicate with one another? How would managers check in on their employees? And it's such an odd question to me because there are plenty of companies that have done extremely well for themselves. I mean, GitHub is one example. GitHub was sold to Microsoft for a billion dollars and their team since its inception was always fully remote. So how is it that businesses can be so successful, fully remote 
And yet there are traditional businesses that throw up their hands and say, well, geez, how could this really be done? Frankly, it's, I think it is a hesitance around embracing technology. Uh, I had someone who was on the podcast who he grew and eventually sold a successful remote business. And the way he framed it was, well, I mean, like team meetings, communication, like all of those things you do person to person, we still do those things. It's just that they happen through Zoom and Slack and email and video. I mean, it's really no different. It doesn't feel different for us. Uh, even like management conversations, those still happen face to face. You're just not physically in the same room as them. And I think honestly, when we really think about this, one of the reasons why businesses are so averse to this conversation is I think in some cases it's about control. I think there are managers who, when they physically can't exert a sense of like, I can reach out and touch you. Like, I I know you're here. I can see you in your cubicle. I can see you in your office. When I can't feel that tangible control, now what I have to rely on is really our trust with one another. And at the end of the day, I have to now come to terms with, do I trust you or don't I And it's hard to realize, okay, I don't trust that person. I don't trust that professional. So what does that say about my leadership style? What does it say about my management style? I think in many cases, remote work is challenging for bosses because it really forces us to look at ourselves in terms of how effective of a leader are we really? And in many cases, we're not effective at all. We're just really good at making the rounds in the office, knocking on doors, cracking the whip sometimes, and uh, in other cases, you know, giving high fives, but understanding that there is an actual leadership component that I have to leverage when I can't physically be in the same room as you, I think that's something hard for people to really wrap their head around especially if they've never actually really been that great of a boss. So all this to say, we're living in a time when there's a lot of opportunity for your business. It's an exciting time for your business. And more importantly, despite whether it's COVID or something else entirely, it's a good practice to be thinking of how am I constantly innovating the business? How am I constantly testing and tweaking the business model to be more in sync with the how the market looks today you know it's thinking about okay and it almost makes me think about how bizarre it is that something like uber came about from someone who wasn't an auto an auto producer an auto manufacturer i mean it's odd to me that that uber didn't come from people who had been in the auto industry like one of the major producers because you think you would think in constantly evaluating the business model, there would have been a realization of, okay, there's something really interesting here. There's something that people would really resonate with. And yet it took a disruptor to the industry, someone outside the industry to really step in and change the conversation and start to realize, do I even need to buy a car? If I'm living in the, in an urban setting, do I need to buy a car or can I just Uber somewhere? It changes the conversation because someone was willing to take how business was done and do it in an entirely different way. 
There's opportunities like that for your business today if you're willing to lean in and really think about it. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoy this episode, definitely leave us a comment, leave us a review, and don't forget you can support the podcast on our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice. That's today's good advice, and we'll catch you later. See ya.